All right, let's get to uh, Brad Thomas now as we can uh, include the Triple Crown with him. We're also going to have Bob Baffert. We're going to have Aaron Boone. We have Ron Darling, Bobby Ojeda as we get ready for the Subway Series. All that coming up. Eddie will report from the stadium. We'll have you the lineups in a couple of minutes as soon as Mons grabs them. And we welcome in Brad. Brad, welcome. How are you? I'm great, Mike. How's it going? All right, Brad, uh, two things about Justify. I'm going to have Baffert on in a little while, which I'll get to. One, the puzzling is why another horse, he has another horse in the race, which it just, uh, just floors me, number one. Number two, how big a drawback do you think the rail is? I think the rail is a good thing. He's going to pop out and make the lead. There's not any clear other speed in the race. Uh, I don't think it's a problem at all. I think uh, sometimes it can be, but uh, sometimes uh, things can go wrong in general. Uh, I think trainers are very, very adverse to the one post all the time, and I think it's a very overrated thing, particularly for a horse like Justify. He'll pop out. He'll make the lead. It won't be a problem. All right, tell me what you thought of his last race. I thought it was uh, a tremendous effort. I love the fact that he's able to withstand all sorts of pressure. In the Preakness, he had to battle the two-year-old champion, the Breeders' Cup juvenile winner, the Bluegrass winner, Good Magic, fought him tooth and nail every step of the way, and then was able to put him away, draw away, hold off the closers. And he had a little bit more in the tank than it looked like by the sheer margin because Mike Smith put him in hand about 50 yards from the wire. There was a little bit more there if he needed it. There is a concern, though, as game as he was, as classy as he was, the fact that he has been unable to replicate his Santa Anita Derby speed figure, which was at a mile and an eighth in the two longer races in the Triple Crown, and in both those races in the Triple Crown, even though he had to deal with that pace pressure, he also benefited from strong biases and by sloppy sealed surfaces that he clearly handles very well and that some of his rivals may not have handled as well. In the Belmont Stakes, it's going to be a totally different track, the legendary Big Sandy, completely different footing. I think Justify is going to be out of his comfort zone because of that. Absolutely. Uh, let's run through all of them, and then we'll get a thought. Uh, free drop Willie, any thoughts? Uh, no chance. He's a horse who does not fight through adversity. He does not finish strongly. I don't like him. Bravazo. He showed a big-time turn of foot in the Derby. He middle-moved wide there at ground loss and also against a strong inside grain, and he built on that performance with his two-move second in the Preakness. He used into legitimate early fractions to get position, and that was really key. And then he finished very well, very late, after shrewdly rating back a bit on the second turn. Justify was in hand, as we talked about, in the final 50 yards or so. So the half-length margin of defeat is a bit deceptive, but... Uh, Bravazo is a hard horse to ride, and first-time jockey Luis Saez clearly got along with him. I do believe that Bravazo, though, was another horse who was helped by the sloppy sealed surfaces in both the Derby and the Preakness. He's really bred for it. I think that moved him up. Belmont's big sandy main track, that radically changes the footing dynamic, and uh, I think that's going to hurt Bravazo. And at the same time, trainer Dean Wayne Lucas is form runs for his horses, they can be very, very short-lived. A lot of times they just don't replicate peak performances in a row. I think Bravazza will be a use for me, but not a big-time one. Uh, Brad, I've rarely heard from people I trust uh, as much confidence in Hofburg as I've heard. Uh, they liked, His connections liked him in the Derby. He had a rough trip. They have loved him every step of the way since. They, are, they sound incredibly confident. They're not boastful types. They don't usually talk up horses. This horse, there's more serious buzz about this horse than anything I can remember at, at, before Belmont. He's 
a very, very talented horse. He was a super admirable seventh in the Derby for a colt with only three races of experience. He ate gobs of slop. He ran into two blind switches. When he was finally clear, he finished better than anybody else while wide in the stretch against that really strong inside bias that existed late in the day at Churchill. His pedigree stands up to a mile and a half. He's been training superbly at the legendary fitness building Oklahoma track at Saratoga. Uh, but he's a deep closer. And that style, however counterintuitively it is, often doesn't play well at the Belmont's mile-and-a-half distance, which actually puts a premium on more even-going, grinding horses. He's extremely talented. I think he could be a superstar on turf, actually, with his big finish. I think that could be his ultimate destination. But is he going to finish as strongly in the Belmont if he has to stay closer to the early pace? No one really knows that, no matter how confident people can be. That's going to be up to Bill Mott, the trainer, and jockey Arad Ortiz. Uh, Hopberg, he's going to be a huge factor on sheer talent. But that buzz that you talked about, that's going to affect the price. He's going to be a lower price than he should be. He can win. He's a big-time use, but I think he's going to be an underlay. Uh, let's forget Raw Storing Hope and go to Gronkowski. Uh, obviously, the horse gets a lot of attention because of the name, but how about Gronkowski? Well, he apparently spiked the fever and missed the derby as a result, but uh, he's trained surprisingly well on dirt for a horse who never actually has raced over it uh, and has an iffy uh, pedigree for it as well. Uh, still, he's bred to be a miler. He's never run further than a mile, and now he's going to have to stretch all the way to a mile and a half off a 69-day layoff. I don't see him. I think he could be a pace factor. Uh, I'm not sure, but I just can't see him winning this race. All right, tenfold. He's been faced with a significant challenge in each of his four career starts. On every occasion, he stepped up with a high-character, prime-time effort and a move forward. He debuted around two turns, was the only inside-all-the-way winner in nine dirt races at Oakland that day. In his second start, tenfold outbattled the more experienced pleasure trainee who shipped in to run in Arkansas. Then tenfold rushed into the grade one Arkansas Derby. He fought hard while in and amongst the horses through the stretch. He was wide all the way around both turns, losing a lot of ground. He never gave in. He kept digging in. He pulled up with those more experienced horses. And three weeks ago, or five weeks of rest, he moved up into Triple Crown competition in the Preakness. He was bumped around early. Then he rallied very wide against a double bias. He made the best move of anybody in the Preakness field into the fastest part of the race, which was the fourth quarter. And he still continued grittily, kept grinding right to the wire. He was outkicked for second by a better trip and shrewdly ridden bravazo. But tenfold has a legitimate Belmont pedigree on both sides. He has a tactical but even paced style that's suited for a mile and a half. And he has the form cycle of a three-year-old who is improving and ready to explode. He is a huge threat. All right, Vino Rosso. He has a very strong for a modern third, but mile and a half dirt pedigree on both sides, and he has a long power dirt stride that's made for a mile and a half and made for Belmont Park. He's improved mentally with experience and blinkers, two back. He was helped by pace and a bias, but still sustained a sharp run to take the wood despite wandering in in the stretch run. I didn't really like that, but I think it was his greenness. His derby is a complete throwout since the combination of a wide post and a tepid break put him in absolutely impossible position throughout, running against the bias and on a sloppy sealed surface that he never really got comfortable on. You could really see him slipping and sliding. He's rested. 
He's pointed for this race by an expert Belmont Stakes trainer and Todd Pletcher who really knows how to win this, uh, this event. Vino Rosso, he's another horse who's a major player. Noble Indy. He's a really nice middle-distance horse. He can make some noise going nine furlongs or less later in the year, but I don't see him as being able to compete with these going a mile and a half. He's training well. He has some common ownership, though, with Justify. He should have speed, but he's likely going to be strategized out of his preferred in-the-mix style because of that common ownership. He might run a decent race, but dynamics and distance, that make him very, very hard for me to use. And Peter Pan winner, Blended Citizen. He lacks sprint speed, Mike, and he lacks middle-distance acceleration. But his efficient, long, lumbering stride makes him the most natural mile-and-a-half athlete in this field. He is made for Belmont Park with the sweeping turns. He is made for 12 furlongs. His synthetic Turfway Park win came against a, a really sharp field for the grade three level. Many of the horses that he beat that day overachieved in subsequent starts. And Blended Citizen, despite traffic trouble, he then finished sneaky really, really well when only getting started in the final 16th when he ran in the bluegrass at a mile and an eighth behind Good Magic. He got that very important race that you alluded to, Mike, over the Belmont surface in the Peter Pan. When he kicked in late, he pulled away from second Raiders. But that effort actually matches up really favorably with Hofburg through a common opponent named Just Whistle who gave Hofburg a real tussle in a March maiden race at Gulfstream Park. And additionally, a horse named Zing Zing was well beaten by Blended Citizen in the Peter Pan. If you look at Zing Zing's PPs, Blended Citizen was as strong against him as horses like Good Magic, Magnum Moon, and my boy Jack were when they ran against Zing Zing earlier this year. So there's a number of threads company line-wise that say Blended Citizen can match up with the Belmont field. Ultimately, he may not completely class up, but a mile and a half and Big Sandy, they are his friends. And a slow, early pace could really keep him within range. He rallies, but he's not a total plotter. He doesn't have to come from last. He has a legit shot at a big price. I just wish he had a better draw. Where he's drawn now, he may be wide. He may not be able to get early position. But if this horse could get some early position, could be in front of a couple horses early on, he is a big threat. All right, tell the folks how to play it, Brett. Well, I'm going to take a shot against Justify because I think he's vulnerable. I'm going to use him on top in gimmicks as a saver. I'm really torn between Tenfold and Blended Citizen. Tenfold, I'm not... I'm not entirely sure at a mile and a half. He's a slight horse. He may not necessarily be made for Belmont Park with his, uh, his slip-sliding nature. Blended Citizen, he's a pure distance horse. He's going to get the route. Does he class up? That's my concern. Ultimately, for me, which one I shade towards, it's going to be a game-time decision. Uh, I think Tenfold's going to get a lot of betting action. I think he's going to be under 10-1. to 1. That's going to lean me more towards Blended Citizen, but they both should be a good enough price that I can take a win shot with them. To cover myself with Justify, who still is the likeliest winner in this race, but not so much more likely than everybody else in my estimation, I can play Justify over Tenfold, over Blended Citizen in Exactus. And I can also play Justify over Tenfold and Blended Citizen, over Tenfold and Blended Citizen in the third slot in Trifectus. I can add Vino Rosso and Hofburg to that third slot using the same horses I talked about before on another ticket, and then can come back again with another ticket, adding Restoring Hope, who is an even-paced horse who has a shot to clog along, and Bravazo. 
Now, remember, you have 50-cent denominations that you can use, so you can do this without investing a whole heck of a lot of money. Just be sure to weigh the greater amount of the tickets with the horses you like the most. In my case, it's going to be tenfold and blended citizen in the first tier, Vino Rosso and Hopberg in the second tier, and Restoring Hope and Bravazo in the third tier. Thanks, Brad, very much. As always, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Good luck, everybody.